This is Miles, and you're listening to Talking with Beauties. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Let's get straight into the episode rundown. So on today's episode, we have all things hockey. So me and my guests go over everything that has to do with the trade deadline from last week. So I know it's a little bit late on bringing back a trade deadline recap episode, but it impacts the team so much. So we thought it's not going to be that bad if we bring it out a little bit later than than we should have. But hopefully you guys still enjoy this episode. We talk about all the major trades leading up to trade deadline and that was uh, acquired on trade deadline. Hopefully. Um, we gave enough insight on all things to make us sound enough educated towards towards the trades and give you guys a clear understanding of what's going on, whether it was a good trade, whether it was a bad trade, how it will impact the team now and in the future. And then we give you our, our thoughts and feelings on who we thought was the winners of trade deadline and the losers of trade down, deadline. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode. It was really fun making it, and um, we'll see you guys in just a second. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast, Talking with Beauties, episode 20. And I got a new guest to the podcast. He's a fellow teammate of mine at Arizona State, voted the top goalie in the NCRHA Division One. finished off the regular season with a 17-3 and record, a 901 save percentage, 211 goals against average with five shutouts, and tallied four goals playing skater. Welcome to the show, Lane Hartwell. What's going on, dude? What's going on, Miles? Happy to be here. Man, listening to those stats feels nice after a long year. Oh, uh, dude, well-deserved. 17-3 and record. Your team killed it this year. And honestly, 900 and above in roller is absolutely outstanding. So great job this year, dude. Thanks, you. Appreciate it. Congrats on your championship as well. Oh, I appreciate well. that, dude. Appreciate it. Thank you. No, it was very fun to watch you guys play. Um, we had the live barn going on, so we had everybody gathered around the TV. So it was fun to watch you guys play, and you guys dominated that that last game. So it was fun to watch. Oh, that's awesome to see the team supporting. Oh yeah, we we were gonna watch, boys. Whether it was in person or or live barn, we got you guys. We had to get it done, you know. Oh yeah, and give them a little sniff of that first game too. It was so much just fun little, to watch you guys go two zero after that. Just a little, just a little taste. We had to come back with the reverse. <laughs> You guys wanted to make the trip worth it. it. Yeah. I had to play the three games. Yeah. Make it worth it. All right. Lane, so you're from Canada and you're a huge Oiler fan. Is that correct? Yeah. I'm uh, from Edmonton. Grew up here my whole life. Went to school in Edmonton. So, yeah. Oil country till I die. Nice. Nice. Is there a reason behind or just because you're from Edmonton? Uh, Like, I grew up, like, being a fan of favorite goalies. Being a goalie, you, you find who you like. So, I mean, it started with Flurry, so I had about Penguins phase. I was a big Kippersoft fan when I was a little kid, you know, Price. But I kind of matured, realized where I am, and I'm like, okay, so let's be part of the, be part of the country. Nice. So, are you a Campbell fan? Do you like him? I was happy when the move got here. I've been a Campbell defender, you know, but yeah. it's hard to defend that like 808 or 838 or whatever it's at right now. Yeah, when, anything when, when under nine team, is bad. When our team is scoring six goals and we're still somehow losing the game, it, it, it's it's kind of tough to defend. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. It, that's for any fan base, though. Like, and then you get a Canadian fan base into it; they they're ruthless. And it's tough when when the other goalie is like an Edmonton-born product, you know, Edmonton kid playing for the Oilers. You know, that, is that Skinner? Yeah. So I grew up watching him play SSAC. You know, he played Shiro Park when, like, Carter Hart and 
Sam Steele were there. So a bunch oh, of nice. NHLers just in Bantam games and we were watching it. So it's cool to see him in the NHL and, you know, he's living my dream really. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. So do you have a favorite goalie right now? Uh, not really right now. Ever since Price retired, you know, I'm still kind of torn up about it. But I'd oh, have yeah. to give it to Jake Ottinger. I mean, seeing him come oh, the out. Otter. He's a robot, man. He just stops everything. So yeah, that's that kind of my crazy. favorite right now. Okay. I like that pick. I mean, I don't. I think a lot of people talk about Ottinger at all. And then especially when you had that playoff run last year, I he went out my board big time. Oh, yeah. Almost seen him single-handedly beat the Flames. I mean, what other fan isn't going to love that? <laughs> so true. I was hoping he was going to get it out. I don't think they were going to make it past the next round because I think they, they put everything into it. But if they would have got out of that first round, it would have been all Ottinger. Oh, I think game seven, I was so torn up when they scored that second one. I was come on. He's playing so well. He's doing his thing. But, no, he gave Dallas a chance. And I think Dallas is scary this year now. Yeah, they, they're pretty. They're better than what they were last year, and they still have Ottinger. So it seems like yeah, they should be. They should be good. He's a, he's only getting better, and it's just fun to watch. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. All right, do you ready to get into a trade deadline recap? Yeah, let's get into some trades. All right, so today we're going to talk about not all the trades of the trade deadline because there was about over forty trades in the weeks leading up to it and then 21 trades on trade deadline. So we're just going to go through about 20 or so of the, the more impactful trades of the trade deadline. So let's get straight into it. So we had one really early in the year, um, Bo Horvat to the New York Islanders. So Horvat and 75% of his contract go into New York. Uh, Vancouver gets Anthony Beauvillier uh, to Rat- Ratty and a conditional first round pick, which the condition is it's a top 12, um, pick uh, protected. So if it's a top 12 pick in the end, um, Islanders will keep it and then turn the 2024 first round pick uh, to Vancouver. What do you think about this trade, dude? I think this trade's pretty good for both sides. I mean, Vancouver needed to blow blow things up. I think they got a decent return. I mean, Bavillier is pretty good. A top 12 protected is huge for them. I mean, trying to rebuild. They were just money strapped with a team that was extremely underperforming. So try and clear that off. And then hopefully New York, Horvat's the piece they need to, to get a push in the very competitive East. Yeah, no, the East is definitely better than the West. No doubt about it. The worst thing is going to be they're probably going to beat up each other just to get to the finals where I think whoever in the West, like the top two teams are just going to kind of cruise in. So I think that's going to yeah. be hard. And with teams like the Islanders, I don't even know if they're going to make it in the playoffs because of how good that East is. Yeah, it'll be tight. I mean, their goalie is really good. I mean, coming down the stretch, you know, they normally ride your number one. And hopefully some goal scoring comes and they sneak in. I think they're a playoff team. But, yeah, that East is so competitive. The fact that they are been, like, struggling to get in, it's crazy. Yeah, no, that, that's wild. But – I mean, I think it's a good trade. And then they also did sign Horvat to that extension. So they're going to have him for the long run. So I think Islanders are definitely going not all in, but definitely want to get into that position where we're going to be a playoff team every year and we want to be at least a contender. Yeah, I think playoffs is good for the East. I mean, it's hard to shoot for much more when they have 
you saw like the Toronto series. I mean, they had a team last year and they just couldn't get past like Tampa. It was just like, that's how it is in the East. You know, you got to make playoffs as the first goal and then worry about that after. Yeah, no, it, it's tough being in the Eastern Conference for sure, especially right now. All right, so let's move on. So we got Vladimir Tarasenko going to the Big Apple. So the Rangers get Tarasenko and 50% of his contract and Nico Mikola. St. Louis will pick up Sammy Blyce, Hunt, Hunter Skinner, a conditional 2023 first-round pick and a conditional 2024 fourth-round pick. That first-round pick is the latter, latter pick of the New York Rangers' first-round picks. So they have multiple. They'll get, St. Louis will get the, the later pick. And in the 2024 fourth-round pick, uh, that condition is it will become a third-round pick in 2024 if the Rangers make the playoffs. I think this is a great trade for, for the Rangers. I thought initially they were going to get Patrick Kane, not Tarasenko, so this took me by a huge surprise. But I think it was a great trade by, by the Rangers. What do you got on this? I, I, I agree. I mean, I was not expecting Tarasenko in New York. I mean, they're loading up. They got a good team, good goalie behind them so they're another team that needs somebody like this and to get 50 percent of that contract i mean that's huge i mean cap hits struggling everybody so for st louis to keep a lot of that and get some good picks out of it too two first rounder is huge yeah no i think st louis kind of knows their position they they were in when they won that cup they were at the, the bottom of the league they knew what they were doing and they somehow got it out i don't think it's the same team that they had what, 2017 when they won the cup? So I don't think they're going to get out of that bottom of the of the standings kind of division thing with, with them. So I think it's smart to get rid of the guys like Tarasenko, who has already been telling, like, I don't want to be here. I want to, I want to leave, especially after that not being the captain kind of position. So I don't think Vladimir wanted to still be there. I'm glad St. Louis was able to find something for him. So I think they got way more out of it than they probably should have. Yeah, I think St. Saint- kind of a weird spot where they had like the older guys and then their younger guys like Kairou and whatnot and they just team wasn't performing so great move by their GM just to realize like hey this 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 group isn't going to do it so let's sell let's sell and it seems like they got a good return here and some more trades down the list where they they load up so good for both sides I think especially if Tarasenko doesn't want to be there you know you don't want a guy coming into work that doesn't want to be there right yeah, no, that, that's tough. And then also getting that 50% of the contract staying in St. Louis is huge for the Rangers. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone's strapped for besides the Coyotes, but we'll talk about that later. But, yeah, money is tight in the NHL. Yeah, so any, any way you could get less than what the total contract is, it's a plus, even if it's 25%. Exactly. Speaking of 25%, Ryan O'Reilly – is going back to his hometown. He's going to Toronto along with 25% of his contract. Um, two other players, Noel Arcia, I think that's how you say it, and Josh Pilar is going to Toronto. St. Louis will get two players, a 2023 first-round pick, a 2024 second-round pick, 2023 third-round pick, and will keep 50% of O'Reilly's contract because that other 25 is going to Minnesota along with a 2025 fourth-round pick. So a three-way trade, I don't usually see these a lot. I mean, usually you see this in the NBA where you get all these three-team three, three team trades, and we had a lot more than I expected this year. Um, I think O'Reilly going to Toronto is huge. I don't know where they were going to put him when they first picked him up because it seemed like they had that center spot loaded. So they were they going to put somebody on the wing? 
where they could put O'Reilly on the wing. I don't really know what the mindset behind that. I think they got rid of too much, though, to get rid of him. I don't think he was worth that much where O'Reilly is now, but maybe, maybe that's just me. What do you think, dude? Yeah, I think he is regressing a little bit. I think it is hilarious how there has been a lot of three-team trades and pretty much teams buying picks this year by taking on contract. I think yeah. it's funny. I think it's good for the game, though. I mean, like I said, that cap hit is just struggling everybody. So if you can get a pick out of taking some money in a team you're not, in a year, you're not going to compete. I think Achari is a huge part of this deal. I think he adds a lot to Toronto as well. I just don't know why they keep adding forwards. I mean – forwards are pretty solidified you're loaded up front you still got guys like Justin Hall on the back end and you're adding more forwards but hey hopefully this is the move that sends them over the top yeah and everybody knows that Toronto's defense is not really there and they have to keep putting out these superstar forwards which makes no sense but they have all these guys that they're loading up on why not take out one of those superstar forwards and go out and either get a defenseman or they keep complaining about their goaltending why not get a, an all-star goaltender? Somebody that you're not going to complain about every other day. Because they complain about somebody every single day. And I'm like, if you're going to be a fan of Toronto, <laughs> I, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be happy. They're never going to be happy till they get out of the first round. I mean, you look and you got some Sonov and Murray. I mean, Murray's been plagued with injuries. I don't, that signing confused the hell out of me. This trade kind of confuses me, but Hey, go Leafs Nation, right? Yeah. I I was hoping Murray was going to do well this year. I thought it was maybe going to re, rejuvenate his career because Ottawa was not the place for him. But it's still the same Murray. He gets injured every other day. He comes in, he makes 800 save percentage, and then doesn't get wins. So it's like, Jesus, dude. Like, Toronto's it's... never going to be happy, and they're never going to find a goalie. And they're never getting out of the first round as long as I'm alive. <laughs> Oh man, it sucks. It sucks to like see a goalie go through that. Like it sucks to see any player just battle injuries, especially when he had such a good start to his career. But you just got to yeah. call a spade a spade, and it's it's not going to get the job done. Playoffs are a different beast. You put bodies in front of the net; these guys are going to let in goals. That's just I I think another first round exit is coming. It's a tough situation over there, and. I'm going to emphasize it. As long as I'm talking about hockey, Toronto's never going to get out of the first round, and I will be 100% a fan of whoever plays them. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. A lot of people here in Edmonton with that same opinion. No one wants to see the Leafs succeed. I don't think anybody in the league wants to, wants the Leafs to uh, succeed unless you're a so Leafs fan. Annoying. If their fans weren't so annoying, it'd be so much easier. They, they're so privileged. So privileged. They have great teams in and out. They go to the playoffs every year, and they're still not happy. I mean, I understand you don't get out of the first round. That's got to be frustrating. But, I mean, I'm an Anaheim fan. We're not going to sniff playoffs for the next three, four years. I would definitely take playoffs over there's teams not on, making There's teams playoffs. on huge playoff droughts. Like, you got to appreciate something, right? Yeah. Buffalo has a huge drought. You get Anaheim, who's going to probably be in that same – San Jose is not looking good right now either. Arizona. I mean, like, you got all these teams that can't even sniff playoffs, and they're they're worried about a goalie being just under 900 save percentage. I'm like, shut the f***. They have gotten good performance from them. It's just, like, playoff time, I think, is totally different. And it's like, you can't have games where you just throw a game away because the goalie doesn't show up in playoffs. Yeah. Every game matters, so. Yeah. 
and I, I have a good friend of mine. She's a, a Toronto fan. And last year Jeez. I told her, hey, if if Tampa beats Toronto, I'm buying you a shirt and you got to wear it throughout the playoffs. She lost. She wore the shirt, and I just could not stop laughing. I was like, why would you make that bet? You know Toronto's going to lose. <laughs> Such an easy bet, but they're all just losing, easy. Though, you know? Easy. Yeah, it's always uh, Toronto's, Toronto's year. It's always Toronto's year. Yeah. All right, we'll move on on freaking Toronto. Yeah, that was way too long. <laughs> we'll, we'll move over to a uh, good rivalry, Boston. So Boston adding Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway. Um, they're going to ship off Craig Smith, Andre Svechlov. Uh, Svechlov? I don't um, a 2023 first round pick, 2025 second, 2024 third round pick, and 50% of Orlov's contract is going to stay in Washington. Minnesota, once again, making this a three way trade. They get 25% of Orlov's contract, a 2023 fifth round pick. Boston's just stacking it up, dude. It's crazy right now. Stacking it up at 25% of that contract, that is one hell of a player to add. They're just getting scarier and scarier. Yeah, and the cap hit would be $1.2 million, which is huh. nothing. That's nothing. Huh. That's, For that's... a player like Orlov, who you already look at the defenseman, Toronto needs to take a book out of Boston's, Boston's uh, playbook because defenseman lineup is crazy. You got Hampus Lindholm, who's playing on the opposite line of, of uh, McAvoy, and they have the same role. So you got guys back-to-back with that. Then you got Orlov being maybe a third-liner. Orlov a third-liner? That's crazy. And you're you're scratching uh, Grizzly. I'm like, dude, Grizzly could be a starter anywhere else in the league, and he's a scratch on this team. That's just wild. Boston's killing it. That That is crazy. I mean, I think it's hilarious how Minnesota just buys himself another pick. I, they're in a weird spot, so, I mean, getting as much draft prospect as possible is good. Little trade of the OVs. I think this Boston team is scary. My problem with Minnesota when they buy in these picks, they still have to pay Parise and Suter for like the next 20 years or whatever their contract extension is. And I'm like, why do you want to make these these money it's, trades pretty much? Someone big What's is going. That's what my thought is. Uh, someone can't be, someone's getting traded in the offseason. You think that's so? got to be what that's got to be what it is. I mean, I don't know how you add these contracts with those deals that you that you just mentioned, and someone doesn't leave. Like, what? How are they going to restructure this? It's is it just going to be Kaprizov out there trying to do everything, or do you see Kaprizov leaving? Because they still got that Dumba contract. So you think Dumba might be the one moving? I thought Dumba. Like, if you were going to move Dumba, why wouldn't you do it when? value is high at trade deadline like somebody like a contender would try to add like a little bit of grit i bet you that they tried i don't think they were going to get what they wanted because everybody knowing their situation with minnesota with their money situation them kind of being a playoff spot but not really being there dumba not having a great contract and not a really good year either so i could see them being like we'll give you a lot less advantage yeah i could see them getting a lot less for for what they could have so yeah, interesting. I think Washington, though, is definitely folding at this point, though. Um, they're right outside of a playoff spot. They're not that far out. But losing these two guys, I think it's going to be a lot harder to make playoffs. Yeah, I don't – that's a weird That's a weird spot they're in right now, especially with the OV goal race. It's kind of like 
do we just be good enough to like help them get there or do we worry about our future? I think that's a weird spot, but yeah. to get this much return, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, no, definitely good return for them. I, It's kind of a 50, 50. I'm not sure what they're doing. No. Yeah, it's a weird spot, but hopefully Ovi gets the record. Yeah, honestly. Just so we got David two... to break it by the end of his career. Oh my uh, we'll move on from New Jersey Devils. They added Timo Meyer from San Jose to add maybe a playoff push for these guys. So they get Timo Meyer, three other players, and a twenty twenty four fifth round pick. San Jose gets a weird hold back, so they get they get four players, a 2024 seventh-round pick, and two conditional picks. So the first pick, a 2023 first-round pick. Um, San Jose receives the the Devils' 2023 first-round pick. If it's a top-two pick, then San Jose will get the 2024 pick. So it's a top-two protected, which makes no sense to me because San Jose, uh, New Jersey is going to be one of the best teams if they don't make the playoffs. But if they do make the playoffs, they're not going to get that lottery pick. So it's a weird pick. And then a 2024 second round conditional pick. Um, the conditions are if New Jersey reaches the Eastern Conference Finals this year and Meyer plays 50% of the of the, the playoff games, the Devils will transfer their first round pick in 2024, which is a top 10 protected to San Jose instead of a second round pick. A lot going on there. Why not just give on. them just two first round picks? I think that's what Meyer's worth, especially with his contract. Um Anyways, do you think the Devils bringing Meyer will help them in the playoffs? I think so. I mean, any added scoring, I think he's like a vet that they need. I would love to be a fly on the room when the GMs made this deal. This seems like, you know, EA NHL where you're just throwing everything in until the trade actually goes through. Yes. This is, this is ridiculous. I mean, 2024 fifth round and a 2024 seventh round. Why are we swapping these? What NHLer is coming out of the fifth round and the seventh round? I mean, I know yeah. there's guys, like, but if you don't draft, this is, is so this low. is this is ridiculous. Just looking at this, it almost takes up a whole page. Yeah, take off the bottom picks, take Just off two take off two half players, these players each, and make those conditional picks uh, automatic first round picks. I don't understand why even San Jose would say yes to the to these players because I bet you all these players are not going to pan out to be anything besides Team Meyer. Oh, yeah. This is just a Team Meyer deal. I, I think it helps the Devils. I, I think the, De- like, the Devils are weird, man. I think they can make some noise. Like They're sitting com- pretty comfortably in a playoff spot. They're in a tough division. It's just I think – I don't know if he helps in playoffs, but he'll definitely help, like, stay in that spot, and we'll see what they do. It's, like I said, the East is tough. Yeah, East is tough. Devils haven't made playoffs in a while, so who knows the the feel about that team being in the playoffs and then them probably choking. Hopefully, it's got to be it's got to be good for that fan base though, just to get in. Like, it's got to be good for them. I mean, they've been waiting so long. This is probably up, and like they've been they've been waiting a long time. Yeah, they they deserve it. The fans deserve it. They have a good fan base too. New Jersey travels well, so. Um, hopefully they, but overall, if we're talking about the, the trade, it's a weird ass trade. It's so weird. Yeah. So we'll move on. It's weird. It's uh, weird. We got Tampa and Nashville making a trade. 
another weird trade to me, Tanner Janot, the only asset going to Tampa Bay. Nashville gets Cal Foot, a 2025 first-round pick, which is a top-10 protected. 2024 second-round pick. 2023 third and fourth round, or third, fourth, and fifth round pick. So a lot of picks going for Tanner Janelle, and not a lot is going back to Tampa Bay. So I'm very surprised about this trade. What do you got, dude? I think this is a win for Nashville. If they lost on that Niederreiter deal, they definitely won here. I mean, they're kind of in a rebuild, and to have all these picks, Cal Foote's a great player. Especially like that's that's no slouch to just throw into a deal. I think that's huge. Yeah, I don't. But you know, Tampa just sneakily adding great bottom six players to load up for a run again. It's it's like clockwork for them. Yeah, Tampa knows what they're doing. I think this is a great addition to be the bottom six guy. But I don't understand why so much going out for it. And that top ten protected pick um, in twenty twenty five. I don't understand the reason behind that. Just give them the first round pick. I don't like all these conditional picks, if you haven't noticed. I don't like – just give them the, the security of, hey, this is a first round pick player. Give them a first rounder. Yeah. Don't make all the conditions where like 50% of, of him playing or stuff like that. Like, no, nah, just give them a first round pick. If you want them, you could have them. Give me the first round pick. So I think Nashville won this trade hands down. I think Cal Foot's a great player. He's already got the Stanley Cup, so – he knows how to win. He knows how to be in a, in a winning locker room. So maybe he brings that to Nashville. Maybe Nashville turns it around the next couple of years, especially with all these picks they're getting. Yeah, I think it's it's huge. That's the, you mentioned that Stanley Cup. I think that's a big piece that a lot of people forget. You learn a lot when you win a Stanley Cup and to bring that to a room and to pay for, to know for it. That's it. Like, I think that's I think that's a good move for Nashville. They made yeah, some sneaky I, good moves. Some underrated moves for the future. They, for the future, yeah, definitely not now. But I think definitely for the future, you'll, you'll look back at these trades and be like, where did they get that pick? And it'll be like, oh, we traded Janot for that pick? Like, that's a that's a huge, huge trade. All right, so we'll move on to Toronto. Um, they did answer with some defense, dude. So they got uh, Jake McCabe, 50% of his contract. Sam Lafferty, a conditional fifth-round pick in 2024 and 2025. Chicago gets a conditional first-round pick. The only condition is it's a top-10 protected. 2026, second-round pick, Joey Anderson and Pavel Goglev. Um, so, I mean, they answered with some defense, but is Jake McCabe really the guy they need? None of these names jump off the page, which is kind of scary if you're Toronto. Like, yeah, you didn't give up much. You gave up a top-10 protected. Like you said, those conditional picks coming back again, but – I don't think this is enough. You needed to make a move for a big-time defenseman. And this is just – 50% is good. I mean, I know they're strapped with money. Get a team to take 50%, especially a team like Chicago. They're in a position to eat up contract. So that just makes sense. I'm surprised it wasn't a little bit more. But I just I just don't think this is the move. I, I think, like we said earlier, they're going out in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think – they definitely don't need Lafferty. That's another centerman that they do not need on this team. And there's not enough guys leaving the team that have a name and have a role in the team to fill in these these gaps. I don't know where Lafferty's gonna gonna pan out and where he's gonna play. Cause you, you already got four star centermen. Is someone's gonna play winger or someone's gonna get traded and no one got traded. So I don't know what they're gonna do with all these guys. Yeah, me neither. The center is because that center position there is weird, but 
I mean, you know, you can always kick him out to the wing, but he's played center your whole career. I mean, you expect to play you tra- center. You trade it for a center. Like the value is the center in position. Yeah. But why don't you just trade for a winger whose value is a little bit less, and maybe you don't have to give up this second round pick in here. But uh, yeah. Hey. Hopefully, McCabe is the answer. I don't think it is. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, he's played a couple games, but he hasn't jumped out on the page yet. So we'll see if um, it comes out to be a better trade for Toronto down the line. So, dude, I'm going to let you take over this next trade. You want to tell me about it? Oh, it's over. It's finally over, man. <laughs> oh, see you later, Pugliarvi. I don't care who we got in return. I don't care if this guy plays in the NHL. The pain and suffering is over. There's no more falling on your face while taking slap shots. There is no more playing with Connor McDavid and getting 10 points. There is no more next year is the year, next year is the year. There's no more World Junior. Oh, he's so good. Finish, monster. No, you're gone. See you later. Thank you, Carolina. Enjoy him. I hope he does well for you. But, God, that was so painful to watch every single game, night in, night out. Every time I saw him on the line with McDavid, I wanted to punch myself in the face. I know it's aggressive. I know it's a little over-the-top reaction, but I just couldn't stand it anymore. Thank you for your service, Bison King. Enjoy your new home. I have no words to say. I think that was perfectly said. And I'm glad you're on the podcast and you're an Edmonton fan to tell me about that. So, Pooley Harvey goes to Carolina. We don't even care about who comes back because it's just a, uh, just a player. Nobody too knew. much money, too much money this year. The one-year deal did not pan out. I mean, I wish he would have performed to get that trade value up so we could have actually got someone that I recognized. But just Kenny Money getting it off the books, parting ways. Finally kicked that, kicked him out. See you later. <laughs> All right, we'll see Pulley RV score 10 goals in the playoffs for Carolina, and then uh, you guys will, will be crying about it. Yeah, you know I hope he does well. All those Finnish guys playing together, doing well. Good on you. Good riddance, but I'm, I'm happy it's over. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Toronto makes two more trades for defensemen. They get Eric Gustafson and a 2023 first-round pick from Washington for Rasmus Sundin. And Luke Shen comes over from Vancouver for a 2023 third-round pick. Um, I know this is a little bit later than trade deadline recap talk, but we're still going to go over this. Rasmus Sundin is a great pickup for Washington, and he's panning out to be outstanding. He's killing it right now. Gustafson, I picked him up in fantasy because I was like, give him a chance. He hasn't done shit. So (laughs) if this is going to be Toronto, which I'm not going to be surprised if it is, they lost this trade huge. But they got a first-round pick, but I don't think it's going to pan out. I mean, Sundin's good. I I like I, th- I agree. That is a big, big trade for Washington. Just like, I don't know. I think Toronto needed to be in the market for that big time player, that big free agency guy. And these just seem like small little trades that are trying to flip. I mean, you got a first round pick. That's huge. I mean, Dubas doesn't like trading away picks. So to get one back, I mean, that's good for Leafs, Leafs nation, but some, some interesting moves. Yeah. Yeah. They- they added defensemen. They didn't add the defensemen. I think that they should, but maybe it works out for them. As of right now, Washington is laughing at, at Toronto. I agree. So we got a huge trade out of Edmonton, though. 
Edmonton gets Matias Ekholm and a 2024 sixth-round pick from Nashville, but they do say goodbye to Tyson Berry, um, a 2023 uh, first-round pick, 2024 fourth-round pick, and Nashville holds on to 4% of Matias Ekholm's contract just because of the cap hit. What do you think about this, Trey, dude? You, you like that little 4%? Kenny Money working his, working his magic to stay under I mean, the cap hit? Ever it takes to stay under the cap. Good whatever job it by takes. Uh, Going to miss TB2s. Tyson Berry he scored some big goals for us in that playoff run. He was having a hell of a year, so sucks to see him go. Going to miss him, but ever since Ekholm's been dropped in that lineup, the defense has played way better. There's a guy to push Nurse to bring some like solid defensive play to our lineup, so I like it a lot. He's done really well already. The Reed Schaefer, I like that we threw that in there. I wasn't really happy when we picked him last year in the first round. I mean, I saw him, saw him play in Seattle in the WHL finals. Mm-hmm. didn't see him do too, too much. He's a big body, but I just didn't think he was ready for what the team needed, so to get a great player like Ekholm for that, I like that move a lot. And, uh, you know, hopefully it pays off. Hopefully it solidifies things. But definitely going to miss Barry back there. Yeah, I really like Tyson Barry. Especially, like, when you listen to interviews and stuff. He's a real down-to-earth guy. He just loves hockey. He seems yeah, like a, sure. a locker room guy that everybody loves. So it's tough to see him go. But then you you maybe pair Barry with Cal Foot next year or the remainder of this year. That could be a really good, good line pairing right there. The good thing is it looks like both – are succeeding in their new homes like almost immediately, and everyone yeah. loves that, right? So, yeah, uh, it's going to be a good scored trade. and got an assist already. At home, seen the score sheet, so Congrats yeah. And I like that they got home. somebody to push Nurse because I don't think Nurse has been playing up to his potential. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like with the defenseman that Edmonton had around him, it pu- pushed Nurse to play his best because he never really had that guy that was going to be like, Oh, I'm going to replace him. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. I think, I think nurse's games improved since his trades went through. So, I mean, hopefully he can, hopefully he can play better and, you know, somewhat earn that $9 million contract. Yeah, no, that, that'll be good. And then Ekholm is just a good, good attachment on this as well. If you're going to get the most out of nurse and you can get Ekholm out of it, that's, that's a good trade. For sure. All right, dude. So we had the Patrick Kane sweepstakes. New York Rangers won the sweepstakes. They get Patrick Kane oh. and Cooper Zetsch. Um, Chicago gets a conditional 2023 second round pick. It will become a 2024 first round pick or a 2025 first round pick if the Rangers make the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, it only becomes a 2025 if that first round pick in 24 is a top 10 pick. The Chicago also gets a 2025 fourth round pick. Um, Vili Sarhavi, maybe is how you say it. Andrew Willen- Andy Wilensky. And a 50% of the contract is staying in Chicago. Arizona also got in on the trade. They keep 25% of Kane's contract and they get a conditional third round pick. The condition is um, will be either the Rangers' third or better of the New York Rangers Dallas Stars third round picks. If Niels Lundqvist has 55 points combined this season and next, uh, which gives the Rangers um, the 2025 third. I have no clue what the hell that means. Who cares about Niels uh, Lundqvist? Just give him a third-round pick. Who cares about that? Um, Arizona keeping 25%. 
and helping out the Rangers, I think is huge though. And Patrick Kane is finally happy. So I think that's huge. Greatest American uh, forward ever, I think. So Patrick Kane going to um, staying in America, playing for another original six team is, is great. Weird to watch, but I'm very happy for Kane. Yeah, I think Rangers fans are a little too hard on him. I know he's played a couple games and it hasn't been like Showtime Kaner, but to have him in the playoffs, to have him at 25% of his contract, it's just scary that Rangers team now adding Kane. I mean, good on Chicago for finding him a spot. I mean, I, I think their return could have been a little bit better. The only good thing is I think that the Rangers do make that Eastern Conference final, so that will be a first-round pick. And if it is a couple years, but I just think this is the Rangers policing, policing the greatest American player ever. Yeah. No, I think Chicago bit themselves in the foot, though, because everybody knew Kane wanted to be moved, and they didn't move him, and they waited to the last moment, and I think this is probably the best because yeah, it, it, even last offseason – or last trade deadline, they would have gotten way more for him. You would have gotten a little bit more of Kane. You would have gotten. You would have seen him rehab. I think there would have been a, a little bit of speculation, like will he be the same? But it seems like he would have did pan out to be the normal Patrick Kane, and you wouldn't have to worry about him coming in halfway through the season and trying to find if he fits with the team or not. So I think Chicago definitely bit, bit themselves in the foot, and they don't even get a first round pick out of this. Yeah, that's yeah. It's it's Rangers just loading up. I mean, their top their top six is is really special right now, and uh, they they got the goalie, they got Trubo back there. I think Fox back there. I think this is scary Rangers team. So I think that that pick is going to become a first round pick with that condition because yeah. I do think they make it to the Eastern Conference Final. But yeah, I think Chicago just holding way too long, too many unanswered questions, and then that value just went down. Especially with Kane having that no move, like just I get a pick where I want to go, just handicaps you a lot. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. All right, a quick midnight trade, um, which brought a lot of people with an uproar. And sorry for the pun. LA Kings trade Jonathan Quick to the Columbus Blue Jackets along with the conditional 2023 first round pick and a 2024 third round pick. That condition is if the Kings make the playoffs, the the Blue Jackets will get that first-round pick. If they don't, the Blue Jackets will get the second-round picks in 23 and a 24 draft. The Kings will get Jonas Korpisalo and Vladislav Gabrikov in return. This is, out of all the trades, this was the one that I was like, what the f- are the Kings doing? I don't this care one... how much is uh, Gabrikov is worth. I don't care about Jonas Korpisalo. I care about the guy that got you two cups who's been there for 15 years or so, who's played as your number one goaltender up until this, the day you traded him and you do him dirty like this. He had a no trade clause in his contract because he felt guaranteed that he was just going to stay in LA. And I don't give him any like criticism for that because he should, he should be retiring as a King. He should not be going to Columbus in a trade for two players. There's no reason for it. And especially when he's been playing better than what he has the last couple of years, I don't know what the Kings are doing in this. This one, I, I was never a huge Quick fan. You know, I'm Canadian. My buddy was a big Quick fan. So, you know, there's a little bit of brawl. But to see this happen, especially late night to Ohio, this guy played 15 years in Los Angeles. 
in sunny California, and you're going to ship them off in the middle of the night to Columbus, Ohio. They give Brown a statue outside for winning those cups, and they're going to dish quickie. He should have retired yeah. at King. So unfortunate to see. Hard feels, but like that's just did not like that at all. But Corpusella, that's huge for the Kings. I think he, him and Copley, that that'll be good. And I think they do make the playoffs now because of that. Yeah, no, Corpusella played really well in his first game um, as a King. One four two, I think, was the final. So really good game. Um, already looking like he's going to be a fan favorite. Did something in the pregame with with a little kid in in the beginning of the game. So seems like Corpusella is trying to make a, a statement. Like, hey, I like I know you guys aren't happy, but I'm trying to be like the best I can. Like I'm trying to make this like a little bit easier of a transition. So he's trying to do his job. I don't know about Gavrikov. I haven't seen anything from him. Um, Me neither. But I mean, he plays in Columbus. So yeah. How many honestly. games, how many, how many blue jackets games you watching? But that's cool that Corbusell is, you know, doing his job, trying to fill his shoes. There's a massive shoes to fill. So if he's yeah. already getting a good off to a good start, that's good for him. And I'm happy because he deserves, he deserves it. Yeah. That, being a Ducks fan, you're supposed to hate the Kings, especially because they're less than 50 miles apart from each other. But it was so hard not to root for Southern California teams, especially when you don't think about California teams when it comes to hockey. So to see them have those cup runs with Quick and for Quick to be the pretty much the front runners in both of those those games, it's just like it, it's such hit to the heart, especially for my family because we watched those those cup runs with with Quick and 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 Dustin Brown and Kobitar and all those guys. So to see him go, it, it was tough. And it and honestly, it made me mad. I was like, what are you doing? Like, I was so mad when I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was pretty choked up too. Yeah. So we'll move on from the waterworks. We got uh, Vancouver making a, a odd trade. They get Philip Peronik from Detroit along with a fourth-round pick in 2023. Detroit gets a conditional 2023 20, pick. The condition has not been announced, though and a 2023 second-round pick. I don't understand the pick. I like Philip Peronik. He's had a very good year. He's kind of been in and out of the lineup, though, with injuries. But Detroit seems like that kind of team that could make playoffs if they brought in the right guys, but it seems like they're shipping off the wrong guys. I don't know. And why Why to Vancouver? Why, why is Vancouver trading first-round picks? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You suck. What – do you not want these first round? Like, yes, Ronix, he's a he's a good player, but I think you got to go full re like full rebuild. They rushed the last one; they thought Demko was the answer, and now he's out there hurt because he's got to stop fifty pucks a game. Yeah, and you, I just it doesn't make sense to me. I'd like I'd, I wish that condition like came they... out. I know you don't like the conditions, but I'd, I'd like to see it just to kind of get a sense of what Vancouver was thinking there. But, yeah. yeah, weird trade. I don't like conditional picks, but I do like the reasons behind it. Like, what makes it a conditional first-round pick? Like, does Hironic have to play? Do they have to – does Vancouver have to play well to get that pick? Does Hironic so have forth. to get a certain amount of points? Something like that, you know? Like, Yeah. Is, uh, I, I'm just curious on, like, what, what goes into them. I don't like them, but I'm curious on, like, what players or what teams have to do to get a better pick out of it. So – yeah, for sure. All right, so we'll move on. Jacob Chikrin, he's been asking to get out of Arizona for like the last, I think, seven years or whatever, um, which I don't blame him. So he finally goes off to Ottawa. Him um, is the only one going to Ottawa. No other picks, no other players. 
Arizona does get a conditional 2023 first round pick. It is a top five protected. And if that, that condition is met, then it will become a 2024 first round pick. They got a conditional 2024 second round pick. And the condition is if Ottawa makes the Eastern conference finals, the second round pick becomes a 2024 first round pick, which is a top 10 protected as well. And at the top condition, it's um, that the top 10 pick becomes that top 10 pick. Um, they'll keep it and they'll ship off the 2025 first round pick to Arizona, which is unprotected. And then they also get a 2026 second round pick. So just to recap, trick ring goes to Ottawa. Arizona gets a potential first round pick, a potential second round pick, and a confirmed second round pick in 2026. Senators, police job. Honestly. That, police. They, this this guy's picks, been on the market it? for this guy's been on the market for like forever. I mean, I've been here in Chicken to Edmonton since like probably since I was in high school. Like this is ridiculous. They only get they don't even get two first round picks. They get a star defenseman who's already played in the small market. The Senators are a young team. He's going to fit in great there. And you have to give up a couple conditional picks. I think Arizona is just – just some of the trades they've made are ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. I, don't, I don't understand Arizona just kind of like giving up on everything. I giving understand it it's not a great – it's not a great situation with them played at Arizona State. It's fun for us, us being able oh, yeah. to go to the games and stuff like that. But it's not fun for them. It's not really fun for the longtime fans that have been fans for them for, for however long with Dome being there and stuff like that. So to see guys like that have good potential like Chikrin that don't want to stay around and they only they get our draft picks, it's like he's worth ready NHL-ready players now. So yeah. it's – it's a tough situation in Arizona, and I think Ottawa definitely benefits from this, even if it doesn't pan out and they make playoffs. Yeah, I think I think he still has an extra year on his deal, right? So, I mean, I think any Ottawa fan is expecting to make playoffs this year. I know they were a little bit uh, – at the start of this year, the hype was high, but I don't think you can expect to do that turnaround that quick. But I think they're set up good for next year. And they made good moves, but I just – I'm still baffled by the Arizona just sell, sell, sell. Yeah. Like, I know you want to make sure you lose so you get, get that chance at Bedard, but what what team are you going to suit up with Bedard? Like, you got $30 million in in debt that you've just been adding up. Not get a player back for this seems bonkers. Yeah. Wild for Arizona. Great pickup by Ottawa. So we'll move on, though. Uh, Boston picks up Tyler Bertuzzi and only get 50% of his contract for a conditional first-round pick, which is a top-10 protected, and a 2025 fourth-round pick. I think this was a great pickup. I mean, a guy that I did not think was on the market um, goes off to a team that's definitely going to make playoffs and trying to win the Cup, and they don't have to pay him the whole time. What's with everyone doing Boston favors right now? Why, why do they need extra help? Why is there 50% retained? <laughs> make them make them find a way make them find a way to fit that contract on there. I don't know. This is uh Boston scary. I think Bertuzzi's a great pickup. Yeah. Yeah, great pickup. Stevie Y is way smarter than me though, so I I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. He doesn't budge, which could be his downfall, which I thought they were gonna lose Larkin because of that, but they were able to figure that out. So 
Stevie Wine knows what he's doing, though. For sure. So we had um, Jonathan Quick traded from Columbus. Quick turnaround. He was only in Columbus for like 12 hours. They were able to trade him to Vegas. Columbus keeps 50% of Jonathan Quick's contract, so Vegas only has to pay him 50%. Columbus gets a seventh-round pick in 2025 and goaltender Michael Hutchinson in return. I think this is a great, great situation for Quick, much better than Columbus. And there was an interview saying that Columbus already knew that they were going to move him, and they they treated Quick really well. So hopefully he, they put his number in the rafters because I think Quick definitely deserves it. <laughs> oh, yeah, best Columbus goalie of all time. <laughs> Honestly, he doesn't have to play a game. <laughs> oh, no, but it's cool that they got, like, a good young prospect in net. Um doing him a favor, getting him into a spot where, you know, he'll he'll have success. I think Vegas is perfect for him. That'd be cool for Logan Thompson, you know, you're playing with a vet like that, someone to help really shape your career. I mean, he's having an unreal rookie year. Just to have a guy like that on your bench, it's got to yeah. be huge. Yeah, no, it, it's great. And he won his, his debut the other night. Um, unfortunately, it was with Vegas. I just hate Vegas. Yeah, they did specific Flurry team, we don't like that, but. They yeah, they're so dirty. So dirty. And then they keep Leonard, and Leonard doesn't do anything, and he's bankrupt, and that guy's a mess. So it looks like they they did everything wrong, which honestly makes me happy. But I also don't want to see Quick lose. So I'm like, shit, I'm kind of conflicted here. Yeah, I'd like to see Vegas lose some games, especially with how tight this Pacific race is. But I'm glad Quickie is in a spot that'll – They'll get some fans, get some eyes on him, and it's a better place to live. I don't want him to see him stuck out there in Columbus. Yep. Yep, me too. So we got a few more trades to talk about. So we got Dallas making a very quiet trade. They pick up Max Domi and Dylan Wells from Chicago for Anton Kadobin in a 2025 second-round pick. I thought this was a great pickup. Max Domi's already making an impact on the team. I didn't expect him to be moved, especially not to Dallas, because Dallas has not made any moves throughout the whole deadline and leading up to it. So this was their only pickup. And I thought it was – if you're going to make one trade, it was actually going to be – this is a great trade. Yeah, sneaky good trade. I mean, Domi's been a bit of a suitcase. Hopefully he can, uh, you know, find a home here in Dallas. I think I think this is I think this is a good, good deal for both teams. I think Chicago, their goaltending position has been up in the air all year, the last couple of years. It's been yeah. very hit or miss. So to get a guy like Dobby who – can come in and win games, just wants to play hockey. I think that's good for both sides. Yep. No, I agree with that. So we'll move on. Uh, Pittsburgh adds a defenseman. They get Dmitry Kulikov from Anaheim and 50% of his contract for Brock McGinn in 2023 third-round pick. I know we were talking beforehand that you didn't have too much information about Kulikov. Did you want to add anything to it before I get into it? I think you let the, I think I let the Ducks guy take this one. All right, so – Anaheim picked up Kulikov in the offseason. Everybody kind of knew it was more of like a rental thing, like, hey, if this guy's panning out, we could trade him, get something for him. And I think that they got exactly what they could for him. Brock McGinn, I don't think, is going to be the guy for the future. So I, I could see him just being the rental right now, wait for the contract to be up, and don't resign him. I think the third-round pick is a very good pick for Kulikov. He played really well on the, on the offensive side of the puck. One of the, the guys I thought that they relied on the defensive side that was not talked about enough, um, especially when you have guys like Fowler and Klingberg playing ahead of him. So I think Kulikov was a great pickup. I think he did a great job in Anaheim, especially with what Anaheim gave him. They didn't give him too much to work with. So 
I think Kulikov going to Pittsburgh is definitely a better situation for him. Pittsburgh picking up another offensive-minded defenseman um, alongside like Latang. Uh, yeah, Latang. So I think um, I think Kulikov is going to fit well in Pittsburgh, and I I'll be happy to see him in playoffs if they get to that position. That's a good breakdown, sir. Thank you, thank you. So we'll move on to our last trade we'll talk about. Minnesota making a trade right at the deadline. They pick up John Klingberg and 50% of his contract along with from Anaheim um, for Andre Schuster, Nikita Nestoreco or something like that, and 2025 fourth-round pick. I mean, not a great pick um, for Anaheim to, to do. Do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, his contract is up. I think it was good for you guys to go out and get him. I, I think just with the spot your team's in right now to get some return on him. I don't, I don't know if he would resign there. I don't know if he wants to be part of like a, a rebuild type deal. Yeah. But uh, no, I think, I think Klingberg's a great player. I just uh, not sure what Minnesota is expecting of their team. So, I mean, this is a good move, but they don't have to give up too much. Just kind of an interesting take. Yeah. So, the whole idea behind Klingberg, I was very happy when they picked him up. Offensive-minded um, defenseman, plays really well in the power play. Did not have a good year with, with Dallas, so I knew that they could probably get him cheaper than what he would expect. I still think they added added him for too much. I think it was like $6 million what they signed him for, maybe seven. Yeah, seven. Okay, so yeah, seven seemed One like a little steep. Um, but we all kind of had the idea is like, He's not staying. I don't think he wants to stay. I think this is more of him trying to prove that, hey, I, I still got it. And I think he did that. I think he played pretty well. Kind of in and out of the lineup a little bit more than I expected for Klingberg. Um, but I, I think Minnesota's picking up a good guy. Um, I think this will replace Dumba if they get rid of Dumba and want to want to ship him off. So I think Klingberg's a better option than Dumba. But on the Anaheim side of this, the, the two players are nobodies. Suster is not going to do anything with Anaheim if he's going to play. And the fourth-round pick is honestly a throwaway pick at, in 2025. So I think Anaheim definitely lost the investment. They could have gotten way more out of them. Um, but I think when you're one of the bottom teams in the league and you're not scoring points on the power play, you're not scoring points on five-on-five, five, and you can't get wins in regulation, I think all that is – is contributed to Klingberg not putting up as many points. So you're not going to get nearly as big of a haul back as you probably should have. Yeah, it's good to clear $7 million off the books. I think it is good to, to note that he had a modified no-trade clause. So starting of the new year, there's only 10 teams he could be traded to. So the fact that he put Minnesota on that list and shows he wants to be there, so it's a good sign for Minnesota. Yeah, no, for sure. It, it, and Minnesota will definitely benefit from it. Um, Anaheim did not pan out exactly what they thought they were going to get with this trade. So that will conclude our recap. Is there any trades you want to talk about that we did not talk about? Uh, no, I think that was it. I mean, see you later, Puliyarvi. Thanks for coming. Thanks for going. Just wanted right. to reiterate that. <laughs> thank you for leaving. Thank you, Kenny so, Money. Um, let's get into our winners and losers. So who do you think won the trade deadline? You can pick multiple oh, teams if you have multiple teams. I think the Rangers. Rangers? Uh, as my top winner, I think the Rangers. To get those players on, like, not even their full salary, it's crazy. 
I think they got the goalie. I think they got the team. And to add these guys is huge. I think, like, obviously biased. I want to say Oilers are a winner. I, I wish we would have done a little bit more. But I think the way Ekholm's played and looks like the defense is rejuvenated. If we could just get a couple more saves of the Campbell, that'd be huge. But uh, those are my winners. Yeah, no, I, I, I like those picks. I'm actually going to go the opposite way. I'm not going to say the people that added players to win. I'll say the guys that traded away and I think got more for it. I think the Predators and the Blackhawks won this trade, this trade deadline. I think the Predators did a really good job. I would add for those the teams that like shipped off. No, 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 never mind. You can, you can take it. Okay. So, yeah, I think Predators losing Janot and getting all those, those players or the one player back at Calfoot and all those draft picks back is a great haul. I think uh, losing Matias Ekholm is going to hurt the team for sure. But they got so much bag, and they got Tyson Berry. He could not not the biggest um, role he could fit, but I think he's definitely good enough that he'll he'll be an asset there. And if they want to keep him around, I think he will stay there. I think he's just the kind of guy like he's just happy to play hockey. Um, when it comes yeah. to the Blackhawks, they want to get Connor Bedard. You could tell that. So for them to to lose all these guys that make an impact on the team, I think that they're secretly happy about losing like Patrick Kane. Um, Jack Johnson, Max Domi. I think all these guys leaving the team is definitely putting a, a smile on the GM's face. Like, hey, we're one step closer to getting Bedard. I mean, it's not a guarantee if you're if you're worse in the league, but it just gives you that added boost that if you're worse in the league, you get a chance at sniffing that first overall. And you should know that out of everybody being an Oilers fan. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of number one picks. But the team I was going to say, I would forgot it, so I threw it back to you, was St. Louis. I think that was a really smart move by their GM to realize, hey, this kind of isn't working. Let's let's get some picks back. Let's let's restructure this, this team. That was the one team I was going to add there. Okay. Yeah. No, I think a sneaky was... winner. I think yeah. they, did what, they did what they could. So we just talked about our winners. Who do you think lost in the trade deadline? Arizona Coyotes. That is really? embarrassing. They're just adding debt. They're just adding money. They're not even paying the players on the ice, the cap floor. They're just throwing people on their their sheet. I think that's horrible. I I don't know what they're doing. Hurricanes, you put here as a loser. I don't understand some of the moves they made. I don't know if that's what they needed, but they are, they, they'll make playoffs, and it'll be interesting to see how that those moves change their team. Wow, I did not expect you to say Arizona. I just think they're so irrelevant that whatever they do just does not really matter. But that, that is gonna... a good point. I think it's just so embarrassing that they're like, not like, what are you doing here? You have this all-star defenseman. You're not going to get anything for him. Like, you just wait till the last second. You've had over two years to trade this guy, and you just get nothing. That's kind of why. The, the Chickard trade is the biggest part where I'm like, what's going on? They gave up Bjorkstrand to the Oilers for – almost nothing so that's kind of why they stick out to me is like it's almost a 40 point player it's paid less than a million dollars and they're retaining some of that contract they want to retain contracts so now the Oilers have 40 point player playing up the middle that's a big body and we're paying them four hundred fifty thousand dollars. thank you arizona you guys lost yep yep no when you break it down it makes total sense i'm like yeah i i totally get it um but I, I'm looking at, at the player, the teams I wrote down, and I'm like, I can't choose between them. So I wrote down 
New Jersey, Tampa Bay, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Ottawa, and Carolina. Carolina is not the best team in the East, and they didn't add anything to make them better. They got Pulley RV, but that's pretty much it. So I don't know if that's going to really help them in the long run. Uh, maybe the, the Finnish connection helps them out, but who knows. Ottawa only added Chikrin. I don't know if they really want to make playoffs at that point, but they got Chikrin for not much. So maybe that's a win for them. Minnesota did not add anything besides Klingberg at the deadline, and they added a bunch of money. Well, like, you don't need more money on this on this team, especially when you still got to pay guys like Parise and Suter. That doesn't make any sense. Winnipeg added Niederreier, and that was it. They didn't do anything in the off in the off season. They didn't do anything the trade deadline. They didn't do anything, and I think that's the reason why they're all the way up north in Winnipeg. <laughs> Tampa Bay lost a lot for Tanner Janelle. I'm just looking at the assets. I think they 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 took away too much for what they got, but maybe it does turn out to be a really good pick in the long run. So that was kind of a, a maybe they didn't lose. Maybe it's just kind of like in the middle there. But the Devils, the Devils was the other pick. It's like we already talked about like how awkward that trade looks like. It just like the Devils got Timo Meyer, yes, but they got rid of so so much weird assets. Three other players, weird picks, like it just doesn't seem right. And that's the only thing that they added. Maybe they, they trust the team around them, but it just seems like too much of a young team that they need somebody with some veteran playoff experience to help them out. I don't think they're gonna go far into the run because they don't have that that kind of guy that's that's been there before. So a lot of these losers you're picking with uh, teams that didn't make many moves, how would you rank Dallas's free agency? Dallas didn't do anything either. They For a team they that's in the do... spot to like to do something in, in the easier West, they didn't really add a lot. I mean, Max Domi, hopefully that pans out, but I was just kind of wondering what you were thinking about that. My only problem is, I mean – Maybe it's because we did this a little bit later than than uh, other trade deadline shows and stuff like that. But because we've already seen that Max Domi's already kind of panning out to be a good player, maybe that's where I'm kind of coming from. Like, I'm a little biased there. Like, I've already seen that he's already doing well. So maybe that's the reason why. But overall, I, I mean, like, I think that they have a good team around them. I think they probably should have shipped off Ben and Sagan if they weren't in this position. But they're in the position where they can make playoffs still. So I think it's okay okay and it kind of gives them a little freebie do you think now that ben has played a thousand games for the stars that he's locked in or do you think he's still a, a trade piece to help build around robertson and ottinger trade piece trade i think piece. he's still a trade okay. piece um i feel like he's hit that thousand mark with the the team that that's been there all along which is dallas so it, it comes down to the point where like do they really need I mean, I know he's the captain, but do they really need Jamie Ben in the long-term deal? Is he really going to be the guy that's – do you really want him to be a third-line guy as your captain? I mean, I understand he's probably the best guy in the locker room. He's been there so long, but is he really going to be the answer that you want to see in the locker room and around all these guys that are going to be coming up? Like Even Joe Pagowski, I think, is a better option if you're going to pick one of the, one of the two older guys that's playing centerman. Yeah. It's good, good thoughts. So, yeah, I, I, I think you can pick any of those losers, but it's a, it's a weird situation with some of those teams. Any final comments you want to make before we, uh, before we wrap up the recap? 
Well, thanks for having me on, man. It was a lot of fun going through those trades. I mean, uh, it's nice to get a little Pugliari rant on. I've been saying it to anybody who will listen. So uh, just nice to recap that and remember he will not see him on on the lineup. <laughs> Before you go, I usually do three question trivias with all my guests if it's just a one-on-one or we do something about one sport. Would you like to do okay. uh, three question trivia? Yeah, let's run it. All right. So I got three questions. I'm just going to do very simple. Um, ask you the question. You give me the answer. If I know something behind it, I'll give you more um, hints if you need it or stuff like that. But um, this should all be pretty straightforward for you. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So question one, which player was the first in NHL to score a full strength power play, shorthanded penalty shot and an empty net goal all in the same game? Five you can goals. Take his, yeah, five goals, all different ways. Man, I don't even know how many players have scored five goals in an NHL game. Was the... Okay, I'm going off this because I remember a crazy game he had, and I think one of them was shorthanded. I don't know if one was a penalty shot, though. Is it Sam Gagne? No, Mario Lemieux. <sighs> Lemieux did it, I think, in 92 was the the year he did it, he scored five different ways in one game, which is wild to think about. That's crazy. I I guess any goal, any goal scoring one, you should just throw out Mario Lemieux. But I just, I thought I saw him score a shorty and he was on our power play when he had that crazy game. So I, that was the first name that came to mind, but yeah, Lemieux makes sense. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it, it just surprised me that, it's never happened before, and that Gretzky is not the person that did it. <laughs> like I feel Gretzky would be like just an easy like, yeah, let's just let's throw Gretzky in there. <laughs> All right, dude. So let's move on. Uh, question two. So from 2010 to 2015, the Edmonton Oilers had their first round picks. A lot of them being first overall picks. From 2010 to 2015, can you name the first round picks in each of those drafts? Starting in 2010. Ooh, this is a bad look, Miles. I had it going in the the question, and you should know all these answers. This is, this is bad. This is bad, 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 bad. Starting in 2010. It was your first mm. overall. Um, it was the first overall pick in the 2010 draft. 13 Who was it? years. He is not on the team anymore, is he? 2010. Okay, well, Hall came before Nuge, but I don't think Nuge was 2010. So is it Hall? Yeah, Taylor Hall. So Taylor Hall was a, a 2020 or 2010 first overall pick. So okay. let's go to 2011. So then after that, it was after that it was Nuge because he's in his like thir- 12th, 13th year. Yeah, my boy Nuge, Nuge, the legend. And then after that is the boy we just said bye to, right? Pugliarvi? That would have been three picks in a row. In 2012? Yeah. It was Yakupov. Oh, no, not Yakupov. No reminders of Yakupov, please. <laughs> 2013. Let's see if we can get the rest of these, though. 2013. 2013. So he's coming up on his 10th year. Would have been... How many guys? Darnell? Yep, Darnell Nurse was the seventh overall pick in that draft. 
2014. Ooh, this one. I do not know. Third overall pick, if that helps. Oh, third overall. That should help. Hold up one second. Oh, third, 2014, Leon Dreisaitl. Leon, yep, Leon. And then 2015. Who came after Leon? Who came after Leon? Who came after Leon? That is Connor McDavid. 2015, yep. first overall pick, Connor McDavid. Yep, Connor McDavid, first overall out of Erie Otters. I almost didn't remember that one, and I'm like, wait a, wait a minute. That's another first overall pick. That is the yep. boy, the savior. No, good job, Connor dude. McDavid. I mean, I could see why Yakupov could be somebody you don't remember. But I, he was a first want, overall don't want pick, and I was like, one. everybody knows him because he did not pan out to be – the person that everybody tra- thought I he was going to dra- be drafted. Just remember when he just slid on his knees down Rexall Place after scoring with like six seconds left, and then he just fell off the face of the earth. Wow, that was <laughs> bad, man. My draft is my draft memories. I'm not good at draft memory, he... but I was looking at this draft class, and I was for the last couple ones through those years, and I was like, dude, like these are crazy picks, and it's finally panning out for. For Edmonton. I mean, most so of like, them actually paid off pretty well. I mean, Taylor Hall not for us, but he's still a great player. I don't know if he's. A I still think he player. he panned out for you guys. He gave Huge. you guys a lot. He just wasn't he in the. Give us a lot. In the. What yeah, do you call but the it? trade like the is one for one. The trade is one for one. Hans Oilers fans. Larson oh, for okay. Hall, one for one. I mean, Nuge sneaky year this year. It's gonna hit a hundred points. And no one talks about him. Yeah. And we got the most overrated, overpaid player in the league uh, coming in 2013. 2013. Oh, Nurse? Gotta be, man. 9.5? <laughs> gotta be. Gotta be, gotta be. But overall, good job, dude. Only one, okay. only one mess up out of those picks. Good job. All right, dude, last question. So revert your brain back to the 2010 Olympic Games. Canada beat the U.S. in overtime to win gold on a heartbreaker for us Americans. On the uh, Ryan golden Miller gold. in that, the stupid goal that if you talk about talk about it to Ryan Miller, he said he, he wished he would never poke check that because it opened up his five-hole. Crosby made him pay, wins gold. Anyways, there's three medals that are given out in the Olympics. Um, what was the bronze medal game? Who beat who? I feel like this is way off base, but I want to say Finland was in the game. Yeah, Finland Finland was in the game. Who did they play against and who won? Didn't they play Russia and Russia won? Oh, no. Finland beat Slovakia 5-3. to three. Ooh, Okay. Finland's a definition okay. of bronze. When you think of bronze and it comes to hockey, yeah. you think of Finland. I don't know why. It's not a bad medal to have, but they no. seem to always get bronze. Well, you watch the World Juniors and they just, like, they always end up got to go against Canada or something, U.S., and then they win that game again. But, yeah, wow. I didn't realize Slovakia was in that. Yeah, I didn't either until I looked it up. I was like, wow. I mean, I'm curious on who's on the roster because they probably went – they got Chara – probably back then too. Oh, I guess Is they he, had a good goalie because he just retired, didn't he? Halak maybe was there. 
Now you got me questioning, dude. Like, who's on the Slovakian team from back then? Yeah, Halak was it? Peter Budai was on the team. Holy crap. Some throwbacks. Okay, Marion um, Gabarek, Marion Hosa. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Handus, okay. Mikel Handus, Lumier Visnaski, Hosa, yeah. So, yeah, they had some good players on there for sure. And if you Looking have a good back. goalie, I mean, that in a small tournament, it's easy to ride a hot hand like that. Yeah. But you look at this Finland lineup, dude. You got the Koivus, you got Solani, you got uh, Kimo uh, teaming in. Mika Kiprasov is in net. Backstrom is his backup. Holy it's cow. crazy to think that 2010 was 13 years ago. That's wild. Like, I don't, I know like... exactly where I was watching the 2010 oh. gold medal game. Oh, you do? You do? So do I. Yeah. For a lot better reason than you do. Thanks for that. <laughs> but yeah, it's always. like, I remember exactly where I was when they scored that. I can't tell you what happened during the game, but I know exactly when they scored that and where I was sitting and what I felt like after it. And I'm all like, geez, that's 13 years ago? It's crazy. it's crazy. Time flies. COVID years. I mean, you got to take out the COVID years. That's three years. Just kind of were a blur. Yeah, that's true. But still happened. Still three years that just went by way, way too quick. Way too fast. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks, man. dude. Okay. Thanks for coming out to the, the podcast. We'll have you on for more episodes. Talk about hockey or whatever you're, you're comfortable with. For sure, dude. Thanks for having me. I mean, uh, good talking to you. Enjoy the rest of your spring break. Appreciate it, dude. You too. All right, we'll see you guys later. This is episode 20, Hockey with Beauties. We'll see you guys later.